Hello, Hello there. there. Welcome back to Star Wars in a Galaxy, watching all the Star Wars we can get our hands on. This is episode number 44 of the regular show. Today, we are watching the final episodes chronologically, that is, of season two of Star Wars The Clone Wars. Death Trap, R2 Come Home, and Lethal Trackdown. As always, I'm Jacob. I'm Castus. Um, <laughs> I'm Eli. Yeah, I, I have to plug in the name of somebody um, we're talking about. And yeah, um, welcome back to Star Wars in the Galaxy. We hope you enjoyed the collaboration with Maggie Love last week. We hope you're going to enjoy this closing of season five of Star Wars in the Galaxy. We got some great stuff planned for season six. I'm very excited. Um, I think Jacob, you are too. Um, and sure am. yeah, okay, just wanted to make sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah. so, uh, Death Trap. In this episode, we open with uh, a young, young boy Boba Fett has uh, finagled his way into a group of clone cadets who are taking a tour of the cruiser or the the flagship, actually, of uh, Mace Windu's fleet, the uh, Endurance. And, and then, you know, they're, they're going around, they're doing their thing, and, and Boba Fett peels off um, to try and assassinate Mace Windu with a bomb. It fails. The ship goes into lockdown. Uh, Boba Fett's running around. He's trying to go back to his group. Um, he even, he pretty much brings down the entire ship, actually. Um, he blows up the main reactor, but he, he doesn't manage to, uh, he, do, he does not manage to kill Mace Windu. So eventually um, his escape pod is, uh, is, is picked up by Aura Singh and Bosk with the Slave One, and they, uh, they, they make their escape. Absolutely. Uh, and, and the ship crashes also. As always, we're starting with the fortune cookie. Who my father was matters less than my memory of him. This is a pretty cool fortune cookie, in my opinion. Yeah. I think it I is. Like it. it could be seen as kind of a stretch, but I mean, from Boba's perspective, I think it's interesting that now that he's forced to make his way in the universe without without like his parent. <laughs> I see what you did there. He he. Wait. I no, that wasn't even intentional. <laughs> oh my gosh. That oh was my good gosh. though. No, keep this in. Yeah, it's a. That's a reference to um, uh, for, for just anyone. a simple man trying to make my way in the universe. That was yeah, that was anyone, very good. Yeah, yeah. I, nice it, a, I didn't even. That's the best thing when you accidentally make an amazing. <laughs> you accidentally reference. reference yourself. I know. Deep reference. Um, but well, he's forced to make his way in the universe as a simple man without his parent, and he seems to be guided in this episode less by the teachings his dad gave him and more on the idea of he has to avenge his dad. Yeah, and I think I, it's interesting because, you know, at the very end of this arc, we we see um, we see Hondo say, you know, don't kill them. Like this is what your dad would want to do. So it's interesting to see how that idea kind of evolves and pops up again. So I guess we can get more into that later on. Yeah. Uh, what was your take on this? So, what one of the things I agree with you. I think this is about Boba Fett. Um, one of the things is that I wrote down, which I think is pretty true. It's not about who Django was. It's how Boba saw him. It's who yeah. Boba thought he was. Um, and that's really all that matters in the end. You know, we can always, also, I was thinking just in generally, we can apply this outside of this episode. Um, you know, we see a lot of characters with troubled father figures. Luke comes to mind. Ray comes to mind. And Cal Kestis from Fallen Order comes to mind. 
Luke's, of course, you know, Luke's father is literally Darth Vader. Rey's father sold her to protect her from her grandfather, who is Palpatine. Um, and Cal's father figure died while trying to save him, and Cal blames himself for Master Paul's death. What we see in all those, those three cases is that all three of them are able to convince themselves that some part of their father, in this case, was a good person. You know, Darth Vader was Anakin Skywalker. Rey's father made the choice to run away from Palpatine. And Jaro Topal was a valiant um, Jedi Knight and, you know, warrior who who uh, died fighting Cal, who, not that fighting, died saving Cal, who he respected and admired and loved. So, you know, there's that sort of idea of, you know, who my father is. They have to, battling with the memory of your father is an ex intrinsically Star Wars thing to do, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. It's it's why they kill them off, because they're not around allowed to remind them about who they actually are. They get deified in this way, I guess you could say. Um, yeah, they really do. Yeah, that's, that's a very good observation. I totally agree, you know? Yeah. Like we see in this episode, Boba, it, it doesn't even... It's interesting though that that how we see the different characters have different reactions to their parent being taken from them like boba instead of like like trying to redeem i guess he can't redeem his father but you know instead of trying to honor his father's memory or kind of live virtuously and be nicer as a result it seems almost like he commits then to being more brutal yeah being more ruthless and ultimately seeking vengeance rather so and i mean i think it's it's a very mandalorian thing to do regardless of, of whether is. or not yeah. regardless of like how mandalorian they technically are i think there's yeah. definitely something to be said um, for how that affects them there, it's definitely a very mandalorian thing to do there's an interesting contrast last week we were talking about people who definitely want to be seen as mandalorians and now we are talking about somebody who definitely does not want to be seen as a Mandalorian, despite yeah. them both being now we know Mandalorians. Um, yeah, which is but yeah, yeah, a Very fun true, comparison. Yes. Um, yeah, so um, one of the first things I noticed about this episode: uh, what cruiser, what Republic cruiser, does this episode take place on? Is it the Resolute? I can't remember the it's name. It's the Endurance. Which, mm. for all you Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes uh, fans <laughs> out there, Mace is Mace Windu's capital ship in that game. I was having a very fun discussion on Twitter with Meg Dowell, who we've had on the show a couple times, and Andrew from Outer Rim Reads, who we've just had on our stream a bunch of times. They both play Galaxy of Heroes. I was talking to them about, because Bo-Katan just released into Galaxy of Heroes. Um, and I was talking about them because Meg was really excited um, <laughs> about Bo-Katan coming into Galaxy of Heroes. Um, I bet. So, yeah, it's fun seeing stuff that directly goes into Galaxy of Heroes like this. Um, there are certain episodes that are just Galaxy of Heroes fodder, where they just take the entire episode and put into Galaxy of Heroes, like Massacre. They take half yeah. that episode and put into Galaxy of Heroes. I know. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so um, we get to see... Here's an interesting concept that I'd love to explore. The young clones. This is an interesting, like... You know, we saw the clone cadets in that episode named clone cadets, but it's interesting to literally see these, like, basically they're younglings. They're, they're yeah. the, the equivalent of younglings. I mean, technically they're like five years old, 
considering what we're thinking about. Yeah. Absolutely. The capital ship. Let, let's get back to it. I'll cut this back. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, this is the interesting thing. Uh, um, Jax. I want to talk about Jax a little bit. Um, Jax is the one clone who pretty much through the entire episode sticks his neck out for Boba. Yeah. Which you'd think, because I understand what they're trying to set up in terms of story level, that Boba is an outsider and Boba doesn't fit in. But imagine for like a second, just imagine this scenario. Imagine Boba was a clone. Imagine everything he told those those other troopers was true. I mean, looking at it that way, those two guys who were like, what are you, soft? They're assholes. Yeah. They're legit. Absolutely. And you would think, okay. you would think, judging on clone cadets in subsequent episodes, that they would be trained otherwise. A trooper's only as good as the trooper beside him, Jack says to Boba in this episode. You know, that entire episode of clone cadets is teamwork makes the dream work. Work together with your fellow soldiers. You wouldn't think they would be so because nobody nobody does anything about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think it just shows kind of the way, despite like how they clearly believe it, there's still some cognitive dissonance within how they treat how they treat each other, and maybe that kind of goes to show the power of um, this kind of group mentality and group thinking and very um collectivist spirit that the clones are, are brought up in that they immediately kind of seize on the outsider and, and yeah. choose to try and try and try and bully a Boba as the outsider. But I think there's so much irony in this uh the, these first couple of scenes. It's really amazing, you know, the the training the trainer clone, the director, you know, looking, turning to Boba, looking him right in the face as he says, What will you do when you look death in the eyes? And then later he may die because of uh because of boba or his life is endangered because of boba furthermore the fact that boba has probably probably seen more death than than everyone else in that room combined if we're being honest you know especially yeah especially you know him witnessing for some uh, Django. Well, it's definitely there okay. and i think it's interesting just juxtaposing boba trying to fit in with the optimistic collectivism of the of these clone cadets which is kind of the polar opposite of his experience and his very jaded very uh pessimist very um look out for number one type of extreme individualism that we see him use a lot i definitely agree um i also love as the clones are walking aboard the ship and they see all the the actual clones the grown-up clones was that like was that as impactful to you as it? Because here's the thing: I forgot to tell you about these three episodes. Remember how I told you I watched? I've watched Bounty Hunters and the Zillow Beast arc like sixty thousand times. Uh, yes. I've also watched these three like quite a few times. Yeah, they're they're uh, good ones for sure. So, because I have a DVD of the like the last quarter of season two, which is why, I, which is why I've watched these so much. But anyway, yeah. Um. When they enter the ship and they're all wowing over these grown-up clones serving them in armor, right? I immediately, because because you know me, you know how I think, I could go back to the deserter. Yeah, they're wowing at these clones. Yeah, this is the life they want to grow up, uh, you know, doing. Why would they think anything else? It's this 
the, these clones are automatically their heroes because they cannot see their life going in any other direction, which, again, connects back to why the Deserter is one of the best episodes of Clone Wars. But anyway, I, what I merely mean is why Cut was so radical is because we see from birth their condition to be these warriors. There's no other path for them. It's like, you know, it, you are engineered to be aggressive and warlike. You know, they talked about all those modifications they made in Attack of the Clones. They, they. It's literally in their blood. It's, it's, it's not in their just DNA. Nature. It's in their DNA. It's, it was literally manufactured in them. Um, so. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, if we can go on then to the first moment when uh, Boba Fett comes face to face with a uh, Mace Windu is when Anakin actually says to the clones... You're gonna serve along two Jedi, Jedi knights. knights. Man, you see, you hear that scene, and then immediately after that, a clone come in, comes in and says, "General Windu, General Skywalker, you have orders from Kenobi." Like, and you see Mace Windu's face; he's just like, "What well, Kenobi reports to me? Like, I'm on the, <laughs> I'm on the council. Like, come on, like, can you really blame him for being crabby all the time when this is the, this is the." Thanks Anakin was more cranky than um, Mace Windu, An but I understand your point. Um, Anakin was more cranky than Mace Windu in this episode for what, sure. What, what yeah, I Mace Windu it gets, is, it, gets like low-key disrespected here. I don't know, man. When I show I off, know. it is informative and inspiring for you, maybe. No, um, I, he does have some pretty good. Uh, he he uh, he he's no Kenobi, but um, you know he can he can hold his own on the the verbal battlegrounds. Oh, uh, so. absolutely. Um, yeah. I, um, there's so much I honestly think to love about these three episodes. One of the things is Boba gets a strange form of tunnel vision. You know, awesome. Boba is, Boba is still a 10 year old boy, you know, inside of him. He still has that innocence in him, but on everything, but one thing, of course, which is killing mace windu you we see repeatedly i want windu dead windu needs to die when i want windu like constantly over and over and over again but you see him hesitate against the clones you see him he never boba fett never kills a single person in this arc yeah notice that's a very intentionally boba never kills a single person in this arc he yeah, always I'm... stuns or relies on Aura Singh to do it that's that speaks volumes. I it's mean, I wouldn't even say he relies on Aura Singh to do it because the Pete when Aura Singh kills people, it's when he's saying, "No, we don't have yeah. to do it." Like, why yeah. are we doing this? So, honestly, actually, I'm pretty sure because Boba Fett appears very limited in elsewhere in the Clone Wars. I know he does appear. I I think there is a chance that Boba Fett does not kill anyone in the entire series. Wow, I which it's a possibility, yeah. Which, if you really think about the thematic ideas of why that of why that is, it's an interesting. This is one of the key points I want to bring up in this arc specifically. They tried to give Boba Fett an arc. They tried to give Boba Fett a character arc, but they knew they couldn't because, of course, if they give to Boba too much of an arc. Boba does not... Boba's transformation into the cruel, 
unfeeling bounty hunter we see in The Empire Strikes Back doesn't work. Yes. And even now it doesn't work, honestly. That's mm-hmm. my biggest question with this arc and why this arc... The biggest way this arc falls flat for me is we ne- have not gotten any explanation as to why... Uh, sorry, as to how Boba Fett goes from innocent young boy just trying to get revenge for his father's death to cold, unfeeling hunter who who will do anything if the pay is good enough. Yeah, well, I mean, I think you may honestly, in my opinion, be mischaracterizing Boba Fett a tad. You know, they, they you know, in, in various sources is kind of alluded to and shown how he does have, I mean, although he is pretty brutal at times in his own way, kind of a weird code of code of justice that he follows in his bounties but i definitely see what you mean i think it shows just how far you really have to fall to get to the level of of someone like that and i think it's interesting that i like how they don't go all the way they don't need to go all the way you know he's trying to get revenge on mace windu but i think that's what's so interesting to me and that's what makes it about the memory of, of his father to me is the fact that Boba Fett is so fixated on killing Mace Windu and murdering a man. He really wants to murder another another human being like really, really deeply. And yet he doesn't apply that to anyone else. And he doesn't he he, he doesn't even like like the ends don't even justify the means to him barely. He only does it when Aura coerces him in terms of blowing up the ship. So so I really think that goes to show yeah. how um it, it's because he kind of thinks that it's what his father would have done. And and that's yeah. how, you know, the memory of his father is driving him. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. I'm 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 very interested. Um like for example, I mentioned this in my um notes a couple of things. First of all, in some of the comics, Boba Fett is just completely ruthless. Um Absolutely. he has no morality code at all. He's just completely ruthless. It's it's a strange contrast. And also you know where the perfect place to explain Boba's, like, morality change, I guess you could say? You know where the perfect place? The Bad Batch. I want to see it. It's the perfect time period to explore it. Let's see it. Let's see how Boba Fett becomes the ruthless killer we see in yeah. the Empire. That would be nice. I also think that they would do well to give that show a little room to breathe without bringing in too many known characters. But, yeah. you know, if it's going to happen, it's it. I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be opposed to it, obviously. Yeah. I, I want to be... see that story. I, I don't. You don't have to do like the entire like. Boba doesn't have to go through an entire Anakin esque like fall, but like no, I no, just no, want to yeah. see. I just want to see some of his change. Um, oh no! Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I agree. I think it would be great. It's it's a little bit um, disconcerting to see, you know. Uh, what if he doesn't survive? He's worth a lot to me. From I don't want all of this. I want to kill Windu. You know what I mean? Very, yeah, absolutely. It's very it, it's, jarring to see that. Yeah, it is definitely quite a quite a change. You're 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 absolutely right. Um, yeah, I think it would be interesting to see kind of a little more, as you say, of that. Also, I think though, yeah, I, I, I talk a lot about the the power of the unknown, and that's something that I that I like about Star Wars is the, the some of the mysterious aspects. Yeah, I just said aspects. I, oh my gosh. So I, I I don't think it would be. The greatest thing but i guess i wouldn't be i wouldn't be totally opposed to it you know yeah um so, so moving on then yeah oh go ahead go ahead oh no 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 go ahead 
was just gonna say so moving on we we get the part where um boba fett is planting the bomb um yeah bomb has been planted and plants it in mace windu's quarters in his bedroom even yeah um and uh he comes face to face with mace windu yeah right after he plants the bomb which notice that is how incredible. hard he's trying not to look at him yeah absolutely it's shocking i also want to point out that boba fett's official uh code name is ct uh, sorry, sorry is to cadet 327 i thought it was 327 oh my gosh you're welcome Wow. Uh, this is recorded going. the day after uh, the the Stamen versus Andrew DiMolanta Schmodown match, when a trivia <laughs> question with the answer three two seven was um, happened in that match. I immediately lit up. Also, that match was glorious, but I'm not going to get too much into it. Um. Anyway, I so um, I also here's another. You know, I love my parallels, right? Oh, yes. When Mace Windu is setting up the search for the intruder who he doesn't know is Boba Fett, he says, um, he ends it by saying, I want them alive. Which is a line frequently said by Darth Vader. I know there were so many Darth Vader parallels in this. I really Yeah. I really was a was a big fan of that. Um the, the music in the scene in these scenes though was just so chilling, you know. They gave Boba Fett and this uh, kind of deadly vendetta its own um, its own piece in the score, which yeah. which I thought was absolutely fantastic, and it was just it, it was just so perfect and so haunting, and it reminded me a lot of the um, the music in Shattered. Oh yeah, um, that like right before that, that like high albums. pitched voice right thing. Yeah. Yeah, and then the high pitched voice, and then that kind of the the mid tone. Um, uh, unidentifiable kind of wind instrument. Yeah, and it's it's yeah. Kevin the Kiner genius. Thing. There's Kevin one Kiner thing is, that Star Kevin Wars is so underrated. has not failed on yet. I don't care what you're looking at. I don't care where you're looking at. The one thing Star Wars has not failed on yet is the music. No matter where you look, in my opinion. Yeah. Um. I I I have to agree. Uh. Yeah. Uh. So um. A couple of other things. Um, I don't have too many crazy notes on this episode. What I do have, let's talk because I want to talk about this about the training scene. With oh yeah, this scene was. I thought it was absolutely laden with um, with symbolism. Yeah, I I, I love I love that this scene because, you know, um, we see that Boba Fett is no ordinary like he's not at the cadet skill level. He is. He he has the he's already growing into the Boba Fett we're going to know him to be, you know. Um, he gets the Separatist in tri attack formation. He gets them. He he miss he gets his shots every single time. Just does it. Boom boom boom. Couple this with an R two come home. He misses one of the uh, hyperspace rings. Yeah, he misses every single shot in that episode. Also. I think he, he blows only, up uh, one. No, he blows up a hyperspace. He blows up one. Of yeah, them. I know, but like, he blows up the wrong hyperspace ring, which I, I think, in a way, that is also N- not necessarily. A, 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 I think they could an interesting moment th- that he blows up the wrong one. I think Arc Two could have locked in either one. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, uh, obviously, I think that is the case. Yeah, but. I think what he was aiming for was to destroy them both. Um, 
but he's he but i mean they said in the episode in the episode i remember they said um they they said um i can't remember who it was it was either must have been either aura or bosk said we're coming in too fast you only get one shot yeah you can only destroy one of them oh i thought that meant you only get one shot at destroying both of them oh that's a possibility i don't know i'd have to go rewatch that to really know but i i don't know i, I took it as yeah I took it as symbolism, either way, either we'll either way, it doesn't matter because the message is the same. Boba is skillful, but he still has much to learn. Um, yeah, and I think also it shows how much, even though the clones are this elite, insane fighting force, they still have so much work to do. Um, I think it lo just looking at um, especially how uh, man is it Admiral Killian? Who's yeah, the Admiral Killian. In this? Killian. Admiral Killian even says, like, or maybe it's the gunnery sergeant, I can't remember, but one of the two says, um, you know, experience or training is no match for experience. This is one of the, it's look at and, Boba Fett, and it's something none of you have, or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's something all of you, you lack, or something tell, like that. Yeah. I don't know. I can look at my notes. You can just, I, I, you can just tell that Boba Fett is fuming this whole time. He's like, I'm not one of these people, I'm not even. I'm not. I'm not the same as them. I'm not. I know I'm that not look. Their brother. I know that. I'm look their older at, brother. At yeah. Admiral Killian says, um, yeah. which and is, he's literally an unaltered clone, so he is not the same as them. Yeah. Actually. It, it's it's just, it's a, yeah. such a chilling line. There are a couple of lines in this episode that are so chilling. I know that look is one of them. Um, it, it, that is an incredible line right there. Um, yeah. Hundred percent. Um, so. I don't have... And then Killian is kidnapped and executed by Aura Singh later on. Oh my gosh, there's so much there. Yeah. Um, I um, I don't have much about the sneaking uh, around parts. Um, I I'd love to move to the um, to like post explosion. Um, okay, yeah, let's do it. I'm sorry. If you don't have any more notes for that part, let me see here. I'll just I think I'm good. I'll just throw this I out as good. a clone is sucked into space. He yells out the Wilhelm scream. Um, that is true. Yes, so I noticed. Low that. hanging fruit. We got to do it. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, they love the Wilhelm. Scream. Here's an interesting one. Why does the, I've watched this episode so many times? Why does Admiral Killian go down with this ship? I don't I don't understand. know because there's so many. I, Maybe not so many, but there are certainly plenty of examples of admirals not going down with their ship. It's it's not that I'm it's not that I mind him doing oh, it. Star Wars. It's not that I mind him doing it. It's that I mind that we never get a concrete reason why. It's it's I I Admiral Killian's a good character, but but I feel like they could have developed it a little bit more. They could have developed him a little bit more before plopping in the whole um go down with the ship thing i mean we know he's a man of honor we know he's a good soldier but we don't know why he is going down with the ship like and also we get some subtle prejudice here did you notice um i don't expect yeah. you to understand it jedi I thought that was interesting emphasis because on the word jedi that was strange to me because obviously no the jedi are so committed they've got no attachments they they will die for the cause but I guess other people, other people don't see that. Well, actually, that that um, that clears that up to me. Why he says Jedi? Because 
he has an attachment to the ship. So if the ship goes down, yeah. he goes down with it. But what's the one thing the Jedi don't have? Why do Jedi? Why can't you never yeah. send an email to a Jedi? Because attachments <laughs> are forbidden. They don't. Uh, <laughs> yep, attachments are forbidden. Anyway, that's my favorite joke. <laughs> I, I my yeah. Joke. Um. So then they get into the pods, and uh, Boba makes his pod malfunction, and the Slave One picks them up, which is the first time we ever see a slave one in animation and it looks good um it looks so good and i like also how the the paint job is kind of halfway between how we find it in the empire strikes back and attack of the clones like yeah. it's not quite it's not quite how Django had it you know where it's kind of the yeah. blue gray but it's also not quite the green and gray with yellow accents that that boba fett gives it later yeah. so i think it, it, it's a good symbol of, of where boba fett is yeah. in his life of he hasn't turned into the, the quite the, the lonely loner, the murdery murderer that he becomes. But he's also, he's also very much, uh, kind of trying to evolve from from where he was when he uh, had his father around. When Aura Singh comes and Bosk comes, uh, and they dock at the ship, the n- notice here's something interesting. Boba doesn't acknowledge Aura Singh at all. Aura, so good to yeah. see you. Aura, thanks for... No, 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 none of that. What are you going to do with them? First thing he says, what are you going to do with them? Yeah, Which, I mean... For someone who's I not think... supposed to care about those people, he sure cares about those people a lot. Yeah, he does. I mean, I think that just shows, like, the humanity. Yeah. Like, like he's still... Yeah. He's still a boy, and he's still, like, a pretty, um... He still seems like a... Despite his uh, bloodlust, he seems kind of like a pretty empathetic level-headed person at that he, who's kind of gone off the rails because of the people he's, he's 10 years old he still has with. a lot of innocence in him that's just the he's reality in this? what i thought he was he's 10 11 12 gosh oh my gosh i thought he was like 15 no, 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 i mean not that that would make it any not that that would make it any better but like but no no no, no. Oh he's like gosh. 10 11 Good Lord. or something like that um yeah no no <laughs> i like to think he's around the same age as no, wait, that doesn't make sense. Never mind. Um, I was about to say he's about the same age as Anakin, but that's not true. Um, uh, he would be old. He'd have to be older than that. No, no, no. What I mean is, I I like to think that Boba Fett in Clones is the same age as Anakin in Menace. Um, yeah. So that means that Boba's that be very ten years younger than Anakin, which also makes sense. Um, anyway, here here we go. Here's my um. Here's one of my favorite quotes of this episode, and I'm going to explain it to you in an extended metaphor. Are you ready for this? Yes. That was Bring never it. part of the plan. I just wanted to kill the Jedi that murdered my father. And I wrote, so this is like one of the main themes of the arc. Boba does not want this bigger scheme with the bounty hunters and the sabotage and the bombings and the leverage and the hostages and the alliance. And the... He wants revenge. Um, you know, actually, I love that one of this is one of the few connections we do get with the original trilogy in this way where boba wants his cash and to be out of the way he doesn't care about all the grand schemes and all that stuff he just wants his cash and then he's gone um and here's my metaphor he is trying to the mandalorian out of the story trying to cut out connections to the larger galaxy but star wars has a way of star warsing its characters everything has a connection at some point Actually, it's an interesting metaphor for the way that Star Wars canon works out right now. 
That's how it always happens. They're like, this is a new era. This is a new story. This is a new project. Oh, hey. No, it's By not. the way, did we mention the six cameos from characters you already know we threw in there? Yeah. No, yeah, def absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which I hilarious. love. Um, yeah. Um, and then uh, the episode finishes up. Here's one of my favorite lines from the episode again. I can't believe it was someone just like us. Uh, if he is like us, he'll realize he's wrong. Good final line. That's a very, very interesting. I think that uh, as much as I like this episode, if I'm going, if I'm putting my British hat on and placing my fan hat for a minute, I, I feel like it felt a little bit undercooked or maybe underdeveloped at the end, you know? I think that um, the moment when he chose to leave behind his fellow cadets and and go with Aura Singh was, I feel like it was supposed to be a big moment for Boba Fett. And in some ways it was, but I don't think unless you were really looking for it, you didn't see that because you didn't really see like the supposed bond that the cadets have and perhaps the bond that, that Boba Fett may have gotten to form with the cadets if, if this had taken place maybe in the second episode of the arc instead of the first yeah but you know overall i i, I enjoyed this episode quite a bit my opinion is that this art this episode i'm i might as well just reveal my <laughs> rankings of this already this episode is the weakest episode of this arc really? which is not a bad thing it's a really good episode the episodes just get better that's just how it happens <laughs> um that's a, that's a great thing to be able to say yeah the episodes just get better um I do agree that some of the moments felt a little bit like, yeah, but we know who Boba... That's that's my biggest problem with this episode, really. Um, we see it in the other two episodes, but not as much as this one. We know who Boba Fett's going to be, and believing that there's any hope for Fett, you know what I mean? Believing that there's yeah. any hope, you know that's not going to happen. You know that Boba Fett's going to become the steeled killer, so any any other any any evidence otherwise you know doesn't doesn't make me feel anything because i know where he's going um but that's just me um i you mind if i do both the do both the summaries for trackdown and r2 come on I think you love these episodes so i think you're going to get i think you're going to do a better job than i can okay. so r2 come home here we go uh, the uh, R two come home. Uh, Anakin and Mace Windu are scavenging the wreckage of the crashed Endurance when they get trapped under rubble by a huge explosion triggered by Anakin touching the helmet of former of of the former bounty hunter. Guess who? Jango Fett. Um, the formerly alive, I guess you could say. Um, uh, and they get <laughs> trapped under rubble. And they cannot get out. It's up to R two D two to uh, to let's let's list R 2s accomplishments: fight off Gundarks because they're on the planet of Vancor, evade the Slave One piloted by Aura Singh, Bosk, and Boba Fett, get back to Coruscant, alert the Council um, of Anakin and Mace Windu, get the Council to bring re uh, of Anakin and Mace Windu situation, get reinforcements from the Jedi to come to Vancor, rescue them, and do that all while not getting destroyed. Yeah. Uh. So. He, of course, does that, and Anakin and Mace Windu heal from their injuries just fine. Um, so, uh, our fortune cookie is 
Adversity is a friendship's truest test. What do you think about this one? You know, this is an interesting one. You know, I think that um, they're not really friends, as this episode kind of proves to me, whether it intends to or not. You know, they kind of they kind of go their separate ways and kind of just say, huh, to each other, you know, after after everything is, is said and done here, uh, Mace Windu and Anakin. Oh, you, uh, that being you said, interpreted you know, this with Mace Windu and Anakin. I did. Who did, who did you interpret? I had as? two ones. First one I thought was the obvious one, which apparently wasn't that obvious. Anakin and R2. Oh, R2 stuck out no his kidding. neck constantly to rescue Anakin from the rubble. And number two, which I think is a less obvious one, but the more interesting one, Aura Singh, Bosk, Cascus, Castus, and Boba. That's inter- because- so interesting you should say that, because again, I would say that to me, I think this episode proved even more that, that, that um, Aura Singh is no friend of, of Boba Fett's, you know, Boba Fett is, and, is scared of, he, I think he is more scared of her and resentful yeah. of her than anything else. No, I agree. But I just think he, he depends on her and he doesn't have another choice because he's like, he's a kid for God's sake. Like, yeah. I'm not sure if you, you considered this, but like, I'm, I'm thinking you may be misinterpreting the fortune cookie a little bit. Allow me to offer my opinion. If I may. Okay. Um, it doesn't say that if you endure adversity, the friendship is 100% guaranteed to succeed. It says that it's its truest test, which means that either the friendship's going to grow infinitely stronger or it is going to fall apart. So, you know, I feel like Boba and Aura and Castus and Bosk by that same token too, this episode proved how shaky their alliance was. This, that is a good point. That is a very good point. I didn't think of that. They're not friends. They're just like people working together for a common goal. Yeah, that is true. However, if they're not friends, which they then aren't, <laughs> how can their friendship be tested if they don't have a friendship? You know what I mean? So it feels a little bit, I get where you're coming from, but I think it feels a little bit paradoxical. But maybe we just need to broaden, maybe for this, maybe in this case, friendship can can just mean also like a material alliance or a, yeah. a, a a crossing of paths of, of convenience and mutual that's not that's not completely possible you know yeah I, I'm 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 more than okay with that I thought you're gonna have a field day with this episode because what are the first discussions between Anakin and Mace Windu they're about droid sentience Droid, I know, I know. I, I held is, you back from great. it. I, I, I held you back from it on um, the deserter, but I'm like, nope, I can't even. You know, I think this is hard for me because, you know, for as, in, from my point of view, I'm not really a, um, I'm I'm just a battle droid society advocate. I don't care about these other droids. I'm in it for the, I'm in it for the Rogers and the Rogers. You know what I mean? So, but I'm you know, sure you got a lot guys, of sick can, to say. They can do what I want. Yeah, I, I do have a lot to say about this stuff. I, I do have a lot to say with it. Strap in. I think that this episode, um, if we look at um, the conflict over R2, this to me is kind of the pinnacle of the great mystery of why people blame Anakin's dislike of Mace Windu so completely and so unequivocally solely on Mace Windu. You know, Anakin pretty much ignores the rules throughout, um, even though he knows... R2 is a massive security threat, you know. We, we already have the, the whole Goldie saga um, after R2 gets lost. Yeah. 
But I mean, like, you know, let's he, talk it's about... not his fault that Goldie happened. But yeah, I just think that um, he gets mad when Mace Windu is annoyed that R2-D2 still is not wiped and is still allowed to form a close attachment to Anakin also. And you've already seen all what all kinds of trouble the Jedi are put in because of Anakin's attachment to R2. Yeah. But um, yeah, besides that, I don't have much to... Uh, let's just say, I think the, the opening scene on the cruiser... Um, I guess not the opening scene, but the first scene when we get on the cruiser, the real, the dawning realization that the clones were executed. That is that, that to me is absolutely phenomenal. I, I, I absolutely agree. Everything that happens on that Star Destroyer is beautiful. Um, I think, uh, first of all, I wrote down, this looks like a Jedi fall on order map. And I'm like, Oh wait, it's cause you actually go on a crashed Venator in fall in order on, um, Zepho, um, which, um, yeah. I also want to ask you something that I've been noticing all this time in the Clone Wars and about droids. And you are our technology expert here on In a Galaxy, so I'm hoping you can clear things up for me. Yeah. How high do our numbers go? It seems like any time they want to make a new Jedi oh. droid, they just keep going up a number. I don't understand. These, these droids must be super exclusive because they do not have many... They do not have many numbers, you know? And I think the... um. I think there's two different uh, legends and canon answers. I think in legends, the uh, the R2 is a series, the R3, the R4, you know, they're all different models. Yeah. And I think in canon, it's all just the R series. So that does give a little more wiggle room. But still, you know, this is something that has consistently perplexed me from the moment I first started picking up the Star Wars reference books and started looking at the different droids, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, even Even little seven-year-old me was like this doesn't make sense how can there be so many people whole galaxy worth of people and planets and the droids you know have these very short names and you know i i i can only assume that there must be some other naming system yeah. or identification system beyond what what we know because you know r2 d2 r8 that's not I mean, you could do the math and find out what the maximum number of, of, of combinations could be. I'm not sure well, I could do that R4 for you. R4P17. Yeah, I mean, you, you have, so you get a little bit of variety, but you know, yeah. are we really going to want to have like, like, is there an R? Are, are we really going to want an R8B3000? Like, is or that like, really where we want to go? Are we getting an R327 at some point? Um, yeah. Or like an R1138 or whatever. I don't like, that's always bothered me. Um, but it, but like, cause we got like, cause we got R5 in New Hope, we got R4s in the prequels, in this, we've got R6, R7, and R8. I'm like, what are the rules? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite annoying. Um, no, definitely, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so we get, so we get that trap. Um, by the way, I realized that these three episodes have a lot of traps. Admiral Akbar would have gone crazy. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, I think um, I think that this episode. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's an interesting one. I'm not I'm not quite sure what to um, what to say about it actually. Uh, but we get to see Django Fett's helmet in animation, which is so cool. Um, I really, I really appreciate that. I really love seeing it. I also love the thematic idea of Boba 
just before he's supposedly about to kill Mace Windu. I mean, of course, it doesn't kill Mace Windu, but he wants it to. But just before he kills Mace Windu, Boba wants to remind him for one last time what he did. Yeah, it's a great, absolutely a fantastic moment. I agree. And also just the fact that he would be willing to use his father's helmet to um just to, to, to kill Mace Windu. Not only that, I think, because he didn't have to use his father's helmet. He could have used anything, but he he like he wanted to send a message also. Like he knew that Mace Windu was gonna was gonna see that and read the last second before he died, I guess after the explosion gone off, I guess he would have thought, you know, oh, this was for this was for Django, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um I have another weird extended metaphor coming up. Um, do you have anything okay. before I get to my weird extended metaphor? No, go for it. This extended metaphor comes to you from one of my favorite non-Star Wars movies of all time. Um, the excellent 1939 movie, The Wizard of Oz. Mm. Jacob, this entire arc is a Wizard of Oz parallel. Boba is How's Dorothy. That? He wants to find a way back home. He wants to find a home. Castus is the cowardly lion because, you know, he has no courage. Aura is the tin man because she has no heart. Bosk is not the scarecrow. Who might the scarecrow be? It's Hondo because he wants to find a smart way to stay out of it all in Lethal Trackdown. <laughs> this is the Wizard of Oz in Star Wars. Oh my gosh. Wow. Brilliant. <laughs> this is I'm... what we this is what we live for on this podcast. <laughs> this is what we did. Look, look. Look, if we're talking about expert fan analysis, Babu Frick is Snoke. <laughs> John Favreau is the true leader of Mandalore. The Boba Fett arc is the Wizard of Oz. I'm like, what other podcasts do you go to that have such deep content analyses as these? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't really. I don't oh, by the way, one more, one more, one more, one more. Oh, go ahead. R two D two is the Wicked Witch of the West. Because he's constantly messing oh, wow. everything up for the uh, for the people who are trying to find all the things. It goes deeper. It goes deeper, folks. It, <laughs> yeah. goes, it goes as deep as you want it to go. Uh, yeah, no, you can make anything work if you really try hard enough. Um, yeah. Um, go ahead. Anything about like the sequence from when R two escapes to when he leaves the planet. You know, I didn't have a lot to say about this. I thought it was pretty, it was pretty well done. Um, I, I didn't, it didn't do a lot for me in terms of the overall, uh, the overall philosophical slant of the, of the arc. Um, you know, it, it was pretty interesting how um, we see Django being really precise in the training with his shots. And then once he comes, once he has the chance to, to take out Mace Windu, I mean, obviously that's a harder target to hit, but all, all of that just goes out of the window for, for whatever reason. He just, oh, excuse me, he just goes absolutely ham. He does not hold back. He is just full autoing at, a, at R8 or at R2. Yeah. So... It's definitely um, it's definitely surprising to see, and I think that just shows how uh, how clouded by emotion his this part of his journey is, and how much how desperate he is, kind of to get revenge, and how that is making him make bad decisions, like uh, like teaming up with Ara Singh. I think that is an objectively 
an objectively bad decision. Yeah, no, it doesn't really work out for Boba, does it? Um, yeah. No. You really feel bad for him in this, though. Yeah. Like, you, you gotta feel for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot going on. By the way, for him in here. I know this is an issue you've had in the past. Through this entire conversation that Mace Windu and Jang, uh, and sorry, and Anakin have trapped under the rubble about Jango Fett. Why do none? Why do neither of them question that they're leading an entire army based on this guy who tried to kill Mace Windu and now whose son is trying to? How did they not like? What I know, the, like you go back there, like, and this is one thing that I kind of gotta, you know, I, I like my boy, my boy Mace Windu is my boy, but I gotta rag on him here for a minute, you know. Oh, I always, you rag know, he he, this uh, I know that's why I feel bad about doing it because I. I I feel like everyone, everyone's constantly kicking on Mace Windu, and I gotta. Sometimes I gotta put a stop to it. But today I'm gonna join right in. You know, he gets this giant army delivered to him on Geonosis, clone like two hundred thousand identical clones of a man he just killed, a man who was standing next to Count Dooku in Count Dooku's private box. Who three sixty no scopes a Jedi. Yeah, he and the, the, who who like goes ham and and he just doesn't. He has, he has nothing to say. He has no questions. He he's just like okay, cool, yeah, let's go blow up those spaceships. Yep, let's, let's I think I it. saw a meme yeah. like that actually. Um, yeah, there there was a meme. I think they, that's what reminded me of it. So yeah. it probably says something. I was gonna mention it if you didn't. Somewhere. Um, so I'm glad you did. Um, <laughs> here's something. Uh, the, one of my final thoughts from this episode. I can see why your master trusts you. Here's something, a little note I wrote. In a world where droids are so often the imprints of their owners, that says a lot. Um, droids aren't tools so much as they are pets. You know, there's that Dave Filoni quote uh, about rebels. If R2's the family dog, Chopper's the cat. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, R2 is Anakin slash Luke slash Rey's dog. He's a good boy, so he's yeah. very dutiful, but is a reflection of them often, all three of them. He's a clear sense of duty, and he wants to be helpful, so that's what he does. Um, you know, the Mandalorian does a lot about the whole droid thing with IG-11 about the human imprints. You know, it, the battle droids are the imprints yeah. of the Nemoidians. The, the tactical droids are the imprints of the Separatists. r is the imprint of Anakin or Padme or Luke or Rey or the Nabooans the way any way you want to look at it i'd say he's the imprint of all five of them so yeah i agree but you know if we're if we're going on pets you know i gotta i gotta i gotta disagree with you right there i don't think chopper's the cat i think chopper's just the he's an evil gerbil <laughs> he's an evil gerbil don't disagree with me disagree with filoni um okay yeah sorry dave filoni sorry sorry dave um lethal trackdown in lethal trackdown Plo Koon and um, Ahsoka go into the underworld of Coruscant once they hear that Boba Fett, uh, along with Orsing, is holding Republic troops hostage. Uh, they track Boba and Aura um, and Bosk and Castus to Florum. They engage them there. Um, Plo and Ahsoka take um, Boba into custody and track down Aura Singh and defeat her, leaving her for dead. She's not actually dead, but we think she is, and that's good enough. Um, yeah. Um, so that's basically where we... Yeah. Revenge... Oh, yeah. Fortune, Fortune cookie, cookie is revenge. revenge is a confession of pain. 
I think this is really true in this episode. Um, we see how his desire or Boba Fett's desire for vengeance is just eating away at him, but how this was, it was forged in the unimaginable pain, unimaginable pain of him having to live without his father, Jango Fett, who was kind of the one person who was always there for him, the one person who loved him, the one person who would actually like, like protect him and be empathetic with him. And if you look at who he's surrounded by now, it's clear that he's not getting any kind of actual love or support or nurturing from Aura and Bosk. Yeah. And and I think that the fact that he's so down and just doesn't have any support network may be the reason why he's fixated yeah. on um on on killing Mace Windu as revenge, because that makes the fact that Mace Windu took away Django so much worse for him and it makes it so much harder for him. Yeah. Because, you know, he doesn't have anyone to say like it's gonna be okay, and not necessarily move on, because uh, yeah, I don't want to just say, oh, he has to move on. Like that's not what it is. But you know, I think he has to find something else for himself. He would have been able to find himself if he had a stable emotional environment and and people who actually look after him. So I think that the story of Boba Fett, at least right now, is kind of a a story of tragedy for a yeah. long time. Have you ever heard the tragedy of Boba Fett, the bounty hunter? No, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> I'm going to bring up an interesting anecdote. What was the original title of episode six? Do you remember this trivia question, Jacob? It was Revenge of the Jedi. And why did Lucas train him? Uh, not train uh, Change it. Why did Lucas train Revenge, him? a Jedi seeks not. Yeah. Here, this is a little bit, uh, what I thought about the sports movie is a little bit of deep, deep dive into that. Revenge only furthers one side of the force, and that's the dark side. Revenge is telling somebody 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 telling somebody else that they've hurt them and in a very dark side uh, quid pro quo way wanting the pain level to be equal with them. Um, yeah. This ironically just puts them in an endless cycle of pain or should I say ironically um, puts them in an endless yep. cycle of pain and which just keeps going the dark side you know um, keeps growing the dark side you know um, Vader can tempt Luke with revenge for Obi-Wan because if Luke avenges Obi-Wan through the merc merciless killing of Vader, the dark side just goes strong grows stronger anyway. Palpatine can tempt um, Anakin with revenge for his mother or Padme later on. Kylo can tempt Rey with revenge for Han or Leia or her parents. Maul can tempt Obi-Wan with revenge for Qui-Gon. Palpatine can Palpatine can, can can tempt Ezra with revenge for Kanan or Ahsoka or his parents. What does it do every single time? It strengthens the dark side. Um, you know, it's an it's an interesting. It is a purely dark side thing, which is not something we see a lot. Often these things are in shades of gray, but this is completely a dark side thing. But yeah, I think this just shows how Boba himself maybe isn't that bad. But then Ara is just the one killing everyone in her path, which is also unfortunately Boba's path. Yeah. Those kind of boba's kind of straddling a bit of a, a bit of a, a bit of a fine line, you you might say. Yeah. To talk about the beginning of the episode for a minute, also, um, it, it's crazy how Anakin wants to go after Boba Fett so badly, and oh, I he's like, oh, we gotta track your killer down, you know, we gotta, or your would be, <laughs> wait, he's alive now, you gotta, we gotta track down your would be assailant, you know, and 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 Mace Windu, just um. Like no, there's a war going on. He's he's it's fine. Like 
I'm, I'm going to handle myself. I got to handle my business. And, you know, I gotta, I gotta say in this moment, like him or hate him, Mace Windu, he, he is, uh, he is a model Jedi right now. I disagree. Mace Windu haters, STFU. <laughs> I, I agree. I disagree. You disagree? Okay. I Let's actually go. agree with Anakin in this situation because Anakin is not proposing revenge. Anakin is proposing that something that looks like revenge, but it's not revenge. Anakin is not saying, track this guy down because he tried to kill you and you want revenge on him for trying to kill you. Anakin is saying, track this guy down because he tried to kill you and is thus a security risk. It is thus a threat to the Republic at large. That's not revenge. I see your point, but I, I still I still have to admire um, Mace Windu's. Uh, I mean, I think Mace Windu focus is taking the, war. the morally. And I think that, I mean, if you look at the how calm Mace Windu is, and and you compare that to um. And you compare that to uh, to Anakin, who's you know he's 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 getting pretty emotional about this, you know. Yeah. I, I think I I would prefer. I would prefer the Mace Windu approach for myself, yeah. at least. I think Anakin is doing. I think a Mace Windu is doing the idealistic thing, but I. But um, I think Anakin is doing the realistic thing. I think Anakin's doing the pragmatic I think it's the, thing. Oh, really? I, I would. I would contend that it's the exact opposite, to be honest, because because Anakin's the one saying, you know, we got to we got to go after him. We got to bring him to justice, and then oh, Mace Windu is the one saying, you know, the immediate danger is past. And like, yes, he's a security risk, but ultimately, in case, as he says, in case you hadn't noticed, there's a war on. Yeah, you know, I get it. Um, we don't get to we don't get to pick and choose who we who we try to bring to justice. You know, yeah. Maybe maybe this in this moment, by choosing this, we're we're, we're maybe choosing not to bring Grievous or Dooku or Ventress to justice. Yeah, I get that. Here's an, another woman I love. When they're showing the hostages and executing one of the hostages, have you have I ever referenced to you? Anakin says yes. Luke says no. From the Revenge of the Sith doc, uh, documentary. Anakin says yes. Luke says no. I don't think you have. It's but... a parallel that Lucas points out um, about Return of the Jedi and Revenge of the Sith. Um, when both forced to make a choice of. Uh, of killing a Sith Lord they've been trying to bring to justice for some time. Anakin with Dooku um, in Revenge of the Sith, Duke, Luke with Vader in Return of the Jedi. They both have to make a decision. They're both tempted by the same person, the Emperor. Good, Anakin, good, you know. Good, yeah, hey, yeah. this made you powerful. Anakin says yes and does it and, and does it. Luke says no, and that's the main difference between them. Boba here also says no. Literally, or when 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 Fett's pointing his blaster at um at pawns, we find out. Aura literally says to him, do it. And Boba can't do it. Boba says no. Yeah. I mean he really hesitates, but like that hesitation's all Aura needs to, you know, next time I say it, you do it, you know. Yeah, and I think also, you know. Um, maybe this is a bit of a stretch, but it, uh, this could almost be mirrored by Ezra and Maul in um in the uh, Twilight of the Apprentice episodes of Rebels. You know, when we we see um we see Maul uh, choking the seventh sister with ease, and then saying, 
to Ezra and strike her down. Like a Ezra can't do it. Finisher, and then Ezra can't do it. Maul then executes her and says, the next time you hesitate like that, it may cost you your life or the lives of your friends. So yeah. it's kind of a, a similar thing of saying, like, you better not, like, if you're in with me, you better not do that again. Yeah. So I, I thought that was an interesting an interesting moment to compare it to. I, I think that's that's definitely an interesting comparison right there. Um, yeah. Um, but let's talk about the Ahsoka and the um, Plo Koon uh, B-plot, which I thought feels like, a, like basically just they wanted to do Lightsaber Lost again. Because it, they're both in the underworld, they're both looking for something, and they're both, they both have lessons of Ahsoka having to adopt patience. Yeah, and I think there are some parallels, but also I think this is this is a pretty a pretty different scenario. Um, yeah, and and as much as it is maybe a, a bit of a continuation of some of the same themes of Ahsoka, as you said, you know, learning patience, learning to kind of slow down, slow her roll, figure things out. You know, sent, don't rush in. Sense. I think there was a lot there, but also I I really like this moment, and I would have loved to see more of. Uh, Plo Koon, especially in the show, I think he's really wise. He is uh, he's quite likable, and I think his uh, his report with Ahsoka is great. And I would love to have seen more of that on the show. And I'm pretty sad that we uh, I'm pretty sad that we didn't get more of that. I know you like this guy. Um, you want to talk about Hondo in this episode? Ooh, Hondo! Hondo is you know, peak Hondo in this episode. Hondo is peak Hondo in this episode. I think that um, they did a really good job of of you know he's usually in the thick of it trying to trying to find a way to to bring a profit and also kind of bring in some bring in some fun but also bring in bring in a little chaos. He's the wild card, but I think in this episode it's really cool to see the more serious side of Hondo. The way he's like you know he's still like oh we gotta discuss business we gotta have our drinks you know he's 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 putting on the bravado but like you can tell that he definitely knows what he's doing and and you can tell that this is a moment when he is taking things very seriously and that's something that oftentimes we don't get to see from hondo because he's so cavalier because like he he has that crazy persona of i've got a pet monkey and i i i do all sorts of crazy things but in this moment i i really think it's interesting how he like says oh this is they mean business this is dangerous like you guys got to work this out on your own yeah Two lines that stand out for me from Hondo in this episode that just make me giggle the entire time. Number one, when Plo and Ahsoka arrive, um, hello, hello, welcome to Florum. I like l- l- laugh hysterically every single time. Also, yeah. after Aura Singh kills Castus, hey, 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 someone scraped this guy off the floor. He sprung a leak. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, the matter so... of fact way he says that is like I yeah, never yeah. not find that funny. Um, Absolutely, that's Hondo for you. That's, that's Hondo. Hondo to a T. Um, yeah. But that's what I love also about this episode is that they really create this sense of 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 a huge. A, they really create this sense of anticipation, of foreboding, of danger, and the sense of like this is a real high stakes standoff. Yeah. You know when Plo Koon's right there with Aura when he says like when he's walking with him he says like I can't get involved. I will say, and then the fact that he's usually so interested in getting involved in everything he can, yeah, that just creates such a, a a tonal shift in this episode, and I just I love it. I do feel like when the Clone Wars is faced with a season finale, they never don't deliver. 
You know what I mean? They always deliver. Yep. This feels I, like I a season agree. finale. Why? Because it is. Um, you know, Hostage Crisis from season one we haven't gotten to yet. We'll get to next season. That's a season finale for you. Lethal Trackdown. Wookiee Hunt from season three is the one exception where I feel like they felt, fell a little short. Um, uh, Revenge in season four where they bring back Maul. Even though I don't like that, it feels very big. Um, uh, The Lawless. Um, actually, The Lawless. No, it's The Wrong Jedi in season five. Sorry. The Lawless feels like one, but it isn't one. The Wrong Jedi in season five. Sacrifice in season six. And of course, the ultimate uh, season finale in season seven, the series finale, Victory and Death, which, you know, I've talked about the helmet in the snow ad, um, adverbium, but like, you know. Finally, um, there's one line I want to talk about. Um, why should I help anybody? I've got no one. Oh, that was, that moment Ugh, for me was kind of hard. Geez. That was heartbreaking. Yeah. Boba yeah, Fett was... in The Clone Wars for me in everything he does is an afterthought. You know, he's not the main character in anything. He's not the main character in the prequels or the originals. He's not even close. Not in the Clone Wars. In Universe 2, nobody gives two shits about Boba Fett. They don't. They got a war going on. They're not worried about some 10-year-old trying to mess things up in the galaxy for them. They, they got bigger fish to fry. But afterthoughts have lives and struggles too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that's one thing that Star Wars, yeah. I think in recent years, you know, with the... Um, from a certain point of view. With the, from a certain point of view, I think it's it's nice how that kind of aspect of Star Wars, of it's not just about the big heroes yeah. and the big villains, has kind of gotten a little more attention. I think that it is definitely something that's always been there, but it's nice to see a little more um, focus on it. Like, like, let everyone have their day in the sun, you know? In a lot of the... Even if they're not the most important character in the world. In a lot of the accompanying geek universes, which in the world of the Shmoda, and I'll probably toss this term around, um, inner geekdom, uh, Harry Potter, Marvel, Marvel DC, there's often yeah. a lot of collateral damage. But we never think about collateral damage, because they're not important to the story. But they're people, they have lives, they have struggles, you know. But this is a scenario where the the um collateral damage comes back to bite them which is fascinating oh yes absolutely um so yeah um that's all my notes for these episodes i'm sure you have a bunch of juicy ones that i missed yeah i mean i i think i got i think you covered a lot of it i i don't really i don't really have a lot more honestly um i think you brought up a lot of good points um what so should we get into kind of the, the overall recap or uh, let's. So, how would you rank these three episodes? Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. We can, we can cut that deliberation. Yeah, yeah, no, no, we're good. We're good. Yeah, yeah, we're good. Um, how would I rank these episodes? That is a good. That is a good question. I think um, they kind of. It's hard to rank them separately, obviously, because even more than some other arcs, these ones feel very, very, um, very, very intertwined. Yeah. But you know, I think I would say um, I'd have to go with uh. My favorite, so I think that my favorite was Lethal Trackdown, followed by Death Trap, and then R2 Come Home was probably my least favorite. My what list do, is the same as Jacob's, except for you flip um, R2 Come Home and Death Trap. Death Trap at the bottom, then um, R2 Come Home, then Lethal Trackdown. Lethal Trackdown oh, is yeah, one sure. of the best episodes in this season, in my opinion. Um, it really? feels like a season finale. 
when really the stakes aren't that big. Are you? If we're really talking to ourselves, it's two Jedi and two bounty hunters. That's this entire episode. But they make the stakes feel so real. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I totally agree. Let's get on to everyone's favorite part of Star Wars in the galaxy, watching all the Star Wars we can get our hands on. What is it, Jacob? One quarter portion. I've been waiting too no, long. it's not a very good impression. What, what I've, I've, I've waited too long. What you've brought me today is worth one quarter portion. We got a half portion today, actually, because we skipped one because we were recording with Maggie and we didn't have the time. We got one six degrees. We're halving both of them. One six degrees and one opinion. Jacob, go ahead with yours. We're your first one. All right. So six degrees is going to be thematic for today's episode. Interesting. Eli, could you connect for me Aura Singh and 4LOM? Oh, Boba Fett. Done. Did, did Boba Fett ever meet 4LOM, though? He's on the executor with him room? in oh, Empire. Oh, no, I forgot about that. Oh, <laughs> ah, okay. Well, oh, well, oh, well. I, All right, Bosk, what's yours? What you got Bosk. for me? Yeah, yeah, boss too. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Um, All right, what you got for me? Cardo. Cardo is one of the Knights of Ren. Cardo is a Knight of Ren. Excuse me? Okay. Cardo. Okay. And a clone you may know as CC1138. His nickname is Commander Baccarat. Commander Baccarat. Now... You're gonna have to give me a little more information here because my clone trivia is a little rusty. Who does Bakura serve under? He is in the Galactic Marines, headed by Jedi mm, Gen- General Ki Adi Mundi. Yep. Okay, so Bakura, Ki Adi Mundi, Anakin Skywalker. Wait, he never made. Okay, no, can't do that. Um, Anakin. Wait, Bakura. Wow, I'm fried today. Let's see. It's been a long day. I can do this. <laughs> I'm trying to figure okay. this one out myself. So we have, we have Bakura. Okay. Uh, then I think we go to Kiati Mundi, obviously. And then Obi-Wan Kenobi. And then Luke Skywalker. And then Kylo Ren. And then uh, Car- Car- the, uh, the Knight of Ren. I, I think Ar- you could... Argo? Ca- what, what's his Cardo. name? Cardo. Cardo. Cardo, yes. Cardo. Um, C-A-R-D-O. I could probably cut something out. C-A-R-D-O. Um... Cardo. Oh no 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 no! I, I thought of a better one. Wait, yeah, no. I thought of no, one using the 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 Rise of Kylo Ren one with with your path. If you use the mm. Rise of Kylo Ren comic, then Luke and Cardo met each other. Oh yeah, I haven't. Oh. I haven't. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I haven't read that, so I wouldn't. But I wouldn't have known. But uh, but yeah, yeah that's, a, it, but, that's a good one. So you can cut out a step there. Okay. Yeah. And then we're getting on to Star Wars opinions. Go ahead, Jacob, with yours. Okay. Star Wars opinion question for you. If you could bring in any actor to Star Wars to play a part in Star Wars, voice or live action, your choice, who would it be and who would they play? Um, who would it be and who would they play? Um, or it could be a new character. It could be a new character, too. It doesn't have to be an established character. So if you just want, you could just say, like, um, I just want them in there. I would say... Interesting question. I would say... Um... Ah, uh, screw it. We're going cross-franchise on this. I know Daniel Radcliffe is a big Star Wars fan. Let's bring him into Star Wars. Oh, I like it. That is a, that is a good choice. I think you yeah. could uh, I, I don't have a specific a character, of, of roles. but I think it would be fun to see him play a Sith Lord. The question is, would he be a Force user 
or a muggle? That is that is a question right there. I want to see him be a Sith Lord. We have Luke yeah, Skywalker I, I being like a Sith that. Lord. We can have Harry Potter being one too. <laughs> um, okay. What's your choice, by the way? Ooh, I would probably have to go with Melissa Villasenor, I think. Um, oh, interesting. Saturday Night Live comedian. Um, she, she's very funny, um, but she actually um, she actually has like a, a lot of acting chops and, and quite a bit of range. And I, I really, I really think that she could do something pretty awesome. And I'm just a, I'm a big fan of her. I think she, uh, yeah, I think she it'd has be, a, cool. a lot of uh, potential and it'd be really cool. So, yeah. Okay, Jacob, this one relates around a recent announcement. As you may have seen, they're releasing a bunch of old legend Star Wars media onto Disney+. Plus. They're releasing... Really? Star Wars Clone Wars, which we previously covered on Ooh. the Galaxy. They're releasing Man, the Ewok funny. movies. They're releasing, yeah. I'm pretty sure, the Ewok show as well. And they're releasing the animated short from the holiday special all onto Disney Plus this April. Um, Man, how, how, what must George Lucas be thinking right now? Probably he wants to smash Disney with a sledgehammer just the same way he wants to flash the holiday special. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only half joking. Yeah. Um, I know, I know, I know. Anyway, I know. Uh, I mean, if there is a let, let's take another piece of legend Star Wars media, a video game, or like some other TV show or something from Legends, or I don't know, something. What do you want to see on Disney Plus? For me, for example, I want to see a like a video game movie of like a like a cutscene montage of the Force Unleashed, the first Force Unleashed game, or the first Kotor game on Disney Plus. Mm, that's It'd a very good question you know i think um it's it's hard to say because so much of what i love are books yeah but what i would like to see is potentially either an audiobook or perhaps like a radio drama a la the uh, original 19 late 70s early 80s radio dramatizations of the original movies um you know sound effects uh, a full, fully voice acted with some iconic legends books you know what about like a fully voice acted audiobook of the thrawn trilogy or or that the darth is... bane trilogy how amazing would that i mean be? i, th I, would, I think I there i that. think there are audiobooks but i'm not sure if they're fully acted that'd be great yeah i think like like having like a voice acting thing in there too though yeah that'd be awesome um, i think that would be a lot of fun yeah um, and I, I don't know i like i want to bring back the i would i would love for them to bring back the the radio drama format, I think. Okay. Um, that would be... I think that's it for this episode of Star Wars in a Galaxy. Um, thank you so much for listening to this episode. The next episode we're releasing is going to be a retrospective episode uh, to end Season 5 of Star Wars in a Galaxy before we get into Season 3 of The Clone Wars and Season 6 of Star Wars in a Galaxy. Um, in the meantime, make sure to follow us on Twitter at InAGalaxyPod. Instagram at Star Wars in a Galaxy. You can listen to us on Spotify, on Anchor, on Breaker, on Google Podcasts. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, we will be there. Leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts if you can. It really does help. Um, you can email us on, at swinagalaxy at gmail.com. Um, and I think until next time, may the Force be with you. Always. <laughs>